being witnesses here and there. It sounds kind of like an oxymoron. How can you be a witness? How can you be somewhere? How can you be in two places at once? How can you be here and there? Well, today we're going to be looking at a story in, the, in the chapter, uh, Luke chapter 8, finding out about being witnesses. And we have been going through a sermon series this summer, and it's, it's called Ordinary People, Extraordinary God. And we've been looking at ways that people, ordinary people, are being used by God to do great things. Uh, but not for their name, not for our name, but for God's name. To make Him great. To make Him look powerful, because He is, and good. And so we've been looking at different uh, stories this, this last few weeks in summer. Um, and so as we've, as we've gone through this, we've seen Hannah and Mordecai, Rahab, um, looking at just different ways that God is using ordinary people to bring about His will, to bring about His, uh, what, His plans and what He wants to happen. And I was, the one we, we did most recently, a few weeks ago, was about Rahab. And the cross is our sure sign. When we looked at the story in Joshua 2, that we see this, this cord, this scarlet cord, and it was Rahab's sure sign that she was going to be saved from, from destruction. And the cross is our sure sign. When we look to the cross, when we look to Jesus, it is our sure sign of salvation. It is our sure sign uh, that we have an extraordinary God who gives His grace and mercy to us, and we can be saved in Him. I was thankful last week that, that um, John and Lindsay Berkey were here and able to share about their ministry uh, in Arizona with, with World Gospel Mission, and, and just uh, even just hearing the, the story of the Jesus feeding the 5,000 and how He went through that. So that was a, a, neat, a neat thing. Our... Our outreach team has been focused on this passage, Acts 1.8. And Acts 1.8 is really looking at different areas. So the here and the there that we're talking about. And there's a, there's a picture of it. Um, but you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that's just the second part of it. The first part is that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So... When we have the Holy Spirit, we have His power. We have His power to be witnesses. We have His leading to guide us. And so, a few weeks ago, uh, I was actually going to be preaching about kind of the Jerusalem. But we, we heard from two great organizations. We heard from, um, from Seek and Find, and we heard from Shepherd's Closet. And both of them gave really great um, testimonies of what's happening in those organizations and ministries. And so, because of that, we're going to kind of look at Jerusalem and Judea today. The, the, the Jerusalem, the here, and the Judea, the there. And, and so, as we do that, I just want to share with you right away the main idea today is that followers of Jesus tell others about Jesus and what He has done. So followers of Jesus are going to be... We, are, we tell about Jesus. We don't tell about us, we tell about Jesus and what He's done and who Jesus is and what He's all about. If we are a follower of Jesus, we are witnesses. We know about Jesus' love. We know about His grace and His mercy. And so we want to tell and let other people see 
who Jesus is. And he has mercy on others. So I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 8. And in Luke chapter 8, about the middle of the chapter, there's a story of this ordinary man. And this ordinary man has a big problem. He has actually an enormous problem because he is demon-possessed, or was demon-possessed. And he was doing all kinds of crazy, crazy things. That sounds like something a demon-possessed man would do. Um, it says, it says in, the, in this chapter that he was going around uh, screaming out, yelling. He wouldn't keep his clothes on. Uh, he was breaking chains that they tried to bind him with. He had all kinds of strength. and he, I mean, um, he, he was a mess, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, being possessed by a demon shows very outwardly the mess of what the demon is, the purpose is, is to destroy it's like Satan. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy, like what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. And so his, his workers, his demons, are also trying to, to achieve his mission of trying to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And so he, this demon was doing that. He was destroying this man. This ordinary man, he had a big problem. And Jesus encountered this man. Jesus encountered this man, and the demons shuddered. It wasn't just one demon, it was multiple demons. They couldn't believe that they were with Jesus, and they couldn't be with Jesus. And so they asked Jesus, the demons asked Jesus to send them, send them away. Don't send them into the abyss, but send them. And so he sent them out of the man into these pigs, and they ran, out, ran down the, the bank, and they all drowned. Kind of a bizarre story. But... This man is now sitting in his right mind. And let's pick it up in verse 35. It says, The people went out to see what had happened. They heard about all this that was happening, that Jesus, the demon-possessed man. And when they came to Jesus, they found this man who had had the demons gone out, and he was sitting at Jesus' feet. First of all, he was sober. He was normal. He was sane. He was then dressed, which was probably weird for the people to see this crazy guy. Not just crazy, but he was wearing clothes. Yay, finally, he's wearing clothes. And he was in his right mind. This man went through a remarkable, remarkable change because of what Jesus did. And so this man went through this, he had this encounter where Jesus freed him, where Jesus saved him. And we see here in this verse that people, it says at the end in verse 35, that, he, that people were afraid. They were afraid because of the great power of Jesus. They were afraid because they had never seen anything like this happen, where clearly something very bizarre, very bad was happening to this man, and then something it was removed. And so they couldn't understand why, or, and really the power of God, even though it was good. And they were afraid. You know, this ordinary man had been in great need of of the mercy of God. And he was radically changed. Very, very clearly we see that. He was radically changed. And You know, when we encounter Jesus, we become radically changed. Now, 
I haven't heard any of you tell me that before you came to Jesus that you were demon-possessed. But we have a life before Jesus and a life after Jesus. And it might not look the way that this man, this ordinary man who had a demon in demons possessing him, that radical change. But if you have received Jesus' grace and mercy, if you've encountered Jesus and, and been saved by Jesus, you have been freed of that, of that bondage of sin and that bondage that is leading you to death. And that's the freedom that we have in Jesus. That's the salvation we have. And when we start encountering Jesus and we start learning His heart and we abide in Him and we are drawn into His presence and understand more of who He is, we understand more and more that Jesus is love. That God is love. And His love is not just like a feeling. Like, oh, I just I want to feel love today or I don't feel love today. No, His his love is a choice that He chooses to love. And when we see this way of love, when we see and we experience His way of love, it changes us. It changes us on a regular and a daily basis. Our first point today is whether in Jerusalem or Judea, whether you are in your home place, you're being a witness for Jesus here, or maybe you're out in nationally in different places or different areas, Wherever you are, witnesses live like Jesus in His way of love. Wherever you are, your, your testimony is the way that you live. So your, when we talked about the, the neighboring series uh, earlier this year, when we talked about being a good neighbor, why is that so important? Because people know you where you live. They, they see what you're doing. and They may don't see exactly everything that's happening, but they, they see when you're outside. They see how you are treating people. You see the, your way. Are you choosing the way of love? Or are you choosing something else? You know, Jesus' way of love goes against the way of the world. Because the way of the world says, do what you want. Do what makes you feel happy. If you don't feel happy, you can, you can just stop doing that. You know, if you... If your marriage isn't going very well, just get a divorce and get a, get a better spouse. It, you know, whatever you need to do, just be happy. It's a, the most important thing is to be happy. You deserve it. Right? We see all kinds of advertisements that say things like this. Like, be happy, you deserve it. But the way of Jesus, His love, goes against that in a strong way. He says that we... We need to choose love. That we embrace, even if we don't feel love, we choose to honor our commitments. Jesus chooses to love us. He has a, his way of love is, is that he's choosing. And he wants us as believers. If you have accepted Jesus and you have been changed by Jesus, then we all need to be choosing the way of love, which is his grace and mercy. And, and then we see here, in the next few verses of Luke chapter 8, we see verse 36. It says, those who, have, those who had seen all what happened told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. 
And all the people of the region of the Gesseres asked Jesus to leave them. They were afraid of Jesus. When they heard about his great power, they were afraid. And it says, because they were overcome with fear. So Jesus got in the boat and left. But the man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with Jesus. But Jesus sent him away. And we'll talk about why he sent him away. So these people were afraid. These people were afraid of Jesus' great power. They didn't understand how this power could be good. And the people were afraid. And so when we are afraid, maybe, maybe even when we believe in Jesus and we trust in him, but, but things happen that we don't understand. Sometimes, unfortunately, we, we, we go to other people, we go to other sources instead of to Jesus. And we say, sorry Jesus, that's too, you're too scary. You're too... I, I, can't, I don't know how to ex- explain to you. I don't know how to expect you. Maybe, maybe we don't say those things, but we just go to other things instead of to Jesus. And we send Jesus packing. We are to be witnesses. We are to be, if we follow Jesus, the way that we live should be in the way of love. But also, witnesses serve like Jesus in humility. And that's our second point today, is that, that whether we are in our Jerusalem, our, our home area, we, whether we're away nationally serving on a mission trip or, or, or just on a trip or whatever, we need to be witnesses who serve like Jesus in humility. Not bragging about ourselves, not saying how we are good, not saying about how all the things that we're about, but showing people Jesus. And Jesus lived a life of humility. We see in Philippians 2 how Jesus had, he could have taken on every form of glory, but he, took, he went to the cross in humility. And, and we see that that Jesus, throughout the Gospels, he, he had every chance to make his name great, to make himself look good. But he always chose humility. And so as witnesses of Jesus, we want to live in his way of love, but we also want to live and serve the way that he did, in humility. And so, you know, this week, it was actually a week ago that we got back, but this, this last week when we were serving in, in Michigan, it... There was, there was opportunities where we could have kind of made ourselves look good. Or we could have said, hey, look, we're all from East Bend, you know, look at us. You know, you, aren't you so happy that so many people from one church came on this trip? No. We, I, I hope that none of us <laughs> did things like that, said, even thought things like that. But we looked for ways that we could just be humble. And, and I... And I you have to be careful how I even say that because I don't, I'm not trying to be boastful in saying that. But, but if we are witnesses, we want to be serving Jesus, serving, showing His way of love and serving in our Judea. I'm sorry, I didn't define Judea. Judea was kind of the next, the, the region. Like, you know, we, we would probably say the United States is kind of our region. Or maybe you could say just like the Midwest, or I'm not sure, but, you know, the, it's not just the here. Jerusalem is the here, where, where, the, where the disciples live. 
where the disciples were. In, in Acts 1, when Jesus was telling them, you're going to receive power, he's saying, in Jerusalem, be witnesses. But in Judea, be witnesses. Go tell people about me. And show them my way of love. Show them, that, show them by serving them. Being kind. And that living in a different way. You know, I thought it was really neat that, that even like last minute, like two weeks ago we were talking about going on this MDS trip and Kylie's just sitting in the audience listening about what we we're going to do. And she comes up to somebody afterwards and says, can I come? Like, she wasn't even planning on coming, but Kylie came. And I thought that was really cool. Like even last minute, like you can respond, like you can do something if, you're, if, if the Holy Spirit's leading you and the deadlines are all passed or whatever, like, there's, still, there's still ways to do things. And so I, was really, I thought that was really neat that she came. And then she was a blessing to the people there, a blessing to our team. It was really neat. You know, we have, in the bulletin today, we've been trying to highlight this, this, uh, this summer about where our East Bend missions and outreach, how we're giving, how we're trying to support local, how we're trying to support nationally and to the ends of the earth, how we're, how we're trying to be part of being witnesses in all those places. And last month we talked about Shepherd's Closet and, and Seek and Find, but now in this month of August, well, I guess it was July 31st, that we heard from John and Lindsay out in Arizona what the, and how God is working in their ministry and what they're doing and, and how God is leading them and and if you are inclined to give to them, do that. If you are inclined, even if you're not inclined to give to them, let's be praying for them. Let's be partnering with them. Let's be finding ways. I mean, he mentioned like that he would love to have a team come serve. I mean, we could come serve out there. Like, let's find ways that we could help and bless. Um, we're, on here we have Menohaven. We have uh, Amigo Center. Uh, we, that we were just at last week. Uh, Menohaven here in Illinois. Uh, Mennonite Disaster Service and Ivana Network. Those are just some of the ways that we are trying to, to not just be witnesses locally or, or globally, but also being intentional with more of the regional or the national places. So I encourage each of us to be, to be supporting each of those areas. Maybe it's not always financially, but being prayerful. Being, being ways that you can help in different, um, different ways that you can be praying and supporting them. And so we can see serving like Jesus. Serving like Jesus in humility. And we can do that whether it's local or national. Or of course to the ends of the earth too. And then in verse 39, it, let's go back to this Luke passage, Luke 8. And it's, it's kind of confusing because this man was changed radically by God. He wanted to go with Jesus. He wanted to go serve with Jesus. Sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? He wanted to go wherever Jesus was and, and follow Him and do what Jesus... Learn from Jesus. He wanted to, to probably be in better relationship with Jesus. He wanted to, to see what Jesus was doing and, and know how to do ministry like Jesus. But Jesus says in verse 38, he sent him away. And Jesus said, return home and tell 
how much God has done for you. Jesus tells this man, instead of coming with me, instead of coming and serving with me and doing these things, stay here. Or stay in your home where people know you, where people know that you are a crazy man, demon-possessed man. And then now they're going to see that you're changed. Not just the, the crowd that came out to, to send Jesus away, but everybody's going to really see that it wasn't just that the demon left for 15 minutes. His life was changed. And that Jesus has power. And that power, even though it seems scary to the people, it's really good that Jesus is God. And, and so he said here, or it says, stay here and tell people what God has done for you. And that's our third point today. We, witnesses talk about Jesus' grace and mercy. Witnesses need to talk. Now, of course, our life will do a lot of the talking. The way we live, the way we serve, it's going to do a lot of the talking. But when someone asks you a question, when someone asks you for the hope that you have, it says in 1 Peter, we need to be ready to give an answer. We need to give, tell people, not just, not just have something memorized, okay, this is what, no, but just explain in your life, I trust Jesus. I've been saved by the grace of Jesus. I was, I was lost in my sin. And I, and I had anxiety or I had fear, all these things, whatever your life was like before Jesus. But now I trust Jesus. And because of His grace, where I didn't deserve, He gave me a new life. He had mercy on me and gave me salvation. So we need to be talking about that. Talking about Jesus' grace and mercy. Now, there's different ways to do that. Some people go knock on doors and say, have you heard about Jesus? I'm not going to say that's a good way or bad way, but I think a big part of talking to people is having a relationship with someone. A big part, I think, in someone hearing you is if you're in relationship. Now, it doesn't mean you can't evangelize on the street. I'm not trying to say that. You can have good conversations. But in any conversation, if you want people to listen to you, you have to show them that you'll listen to them. Right? If I just do all the talking in a, in a relationship, it's not going to go very well. Even if I have good points and I'm making sound arguments, it's probably not going to go well. We need to have a two-way conversation. So we need to be listening. Remember, God gave us two ears, one mouth. So let's be listening. Let's be ready for those times that people want to talk. And we can listen and we can share about Jesus' grace and mercy and the hope that we have in Jesus. So whether we're in our Jerusalem, we're in our homes, our neighborhoods, our church, Wherever we are, we can share the hope of Jesus. So what if we're in our Judea? We're out on a trip. We're out somewhere else. We don't know people. We can still have boldness to share. The Holy Spirit lives in, dwells inside of each person that trusts in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will, will prompt us, hey, talk to this person. Hey, send this person a card. Hey, do this and that. Even if, it's, even if it's a stranger, maybe. When we obey what God is asking us to do, 
it's going to bring him glory. It's going to help other people. And other people are going to come to know that Jesus' heart and his grace and mercy. So this man, this ordinary man, was in great need of Jesus' mercy. And he was radically changed. And he had this powerful testimony. I know sometimes some of us say, like, I just chose to walk with Jesus. I didn't have this, like, great life of, of sin where I was lost and, you know, hanging out in bars and all that. I just chose Jesus. And so I don't really have much of a testimony. That's not true. We all have a testimony of the way how God is working in our life, not just the one time that we chose to, to walk with Jesus, but how we continually walk with Jesus and how we see His mercy and how we see His grace and how we share His hope. But this man, he had a powerful testimony. He was probably one of those guys that he could come to different places and just share what God, look, look at what I was like before, look at what I am now, and look at Jesus. He's the way to go. And boom, lots of people would probably be like, yeah. Like, there's different people like that that have that powerful testimony. This man, he had a powerful testimony. And, and it said at the, end of these, at the end of this verse here in, in 38, or th- sorry, the verse 39, it said that Jesus wanted him to go and tell people in his home place about what God has done. And it said this man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. So he went away. He obeyed. He didn't say, "Put Jesus, come on. He obeyed. He obeyed. And what's really cool is when we obey... The results are not up to us. When we are obedient, when we say yes to Jesus, when we say yes to the Holy Spirit, it it doesn't matter what happens. It's not up to me or you. So he chose to obey. And Luke ends the story there. Now Mark likes a little more action. And so Mark included something, one more sentence here. He said, Mark said, and all the people were amazed. Mark wanted to not just like end it like, he obeyed, that's it. He wanted to say, and the people were amazed. Now, I don't know if that means the people all came to know Jesus, or the people were just surprised that this guy was giving his testimony, but the people were amazed. And who are we talking to? Who are we telling the good news of Jesus to? My hope is that whether we are here or we're sent somewhere else, whether we find places locally or find places outside our region, that we are going to be finding ways that we can bless other people and they can know the power of Jesus and they can know the hope of Jesus and they can come to faith in Jesus. So our main idea today is that followers of Jesus tell others about Jesus and what he's done. And that's my hope and prayer that we are all telling people and showing in the way that we live. So it's not just always with our words, but it's with how we live in his way of love and how we serve in his way of humility. And then we talk. When we have, you know, God... God gives us boldness to talk to people. Talk about His love and His mercy and His grace. You know, here at East Bend, our our mission is to develop disciples who are reaching people with Jesus' transforming love. 
His transforming Gospel. We want people to see the hope of Jesus. We want people to see how Jesus changes. And that's up to me and you. That's up to all of us. How we respond to where the Holy Spirit leads. So let's be intentional of reaching our neighbors, reaching our friends, reaching people that we see on a regular basis, listening in conversations. Imagine what it would look like if we just had boldness to share about the love of God and the hope of God. What it would look like. And So I want, I want each of us just to take a moment before we close and just ask this question to ourselves. Pray about it too. What's one action this week that I can take that will help me be a witness? Holy Spirit, I just invite you right now to speak to us. We are thankful for salvation that you have given through Jesus. And so God, we just ask that you help us to live a life where it points people to you. Live a life in, in showing people your way of love to serve in humility like your example. When, when we have friends or neighbors or people that are in need of something, that we step up and we help and we serve and we bless, that we be known for the, for the ways that are good, known for how you transform, and that we would give grace and mercy, that we would be witnesses that Jesus, that you saved our life that we, would, that we would be part of showing other people your hope for salvation. So Jesus, I pray that you would give us boldness to tell people and show people and live for you. Lord, we thank you that you have blessed, that you've given us so many blessings, and I ask that you would give us a heart to show people. Even this week, give us a heart Help us to know one thing that we can do. One action that's going to take that step in sharing our faith with others. So we pray this in your powerful name. Amen.